0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Khaliq al-wujoodi min al-adam, wa ja'il al-nuri min al-zulam, wa mukhrij al-sabri min al-alam, wa mulqi al-tawbati al-nadam, فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم ذي الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعى لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلّى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذي نبارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي لم يتتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله ورسوله ارسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا ثم أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار يقول سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم بعدنا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم سيقولون ثلاثة رابعهم كلبهم ويقولون خَمْسَةٌ سادسهم كلبهم رجما بالغيب ويقولون سَبْعَةٌ وثامنهم كلبهم قل ربي اعلم بعدتهم ما يعلمهم الا قليل فلا تمار فيهم الا مراء ظاهرا ولا تستفت فيهم منهم احدا رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري Amri عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي امين يا رب العالمين many of you have an understanding of the arabic language and as I was reciting the ayat that are going to be the central subject of my khutbah today, you might be wondering how is he going to give a khutbah about these ayat from Surah Al-Kahf that talk about how many there were. The story of the people of the cave is very important. All of those stories in the Qur'an have a central position in our religion. There are a few things I want to mention in the introduction to this khutbah that I think set the stage for the ideas I want to share with you and the reflections I intend to share with you from these ayat and may Allah bring benefit from them. Now, the first thing I'd like to share with you is that of course the Qur'an is full of stories, it has many of them. And in all of those stories, we'll find a common thread. And that is that Allah does not go into too much detail. That Allah Azza wa compared to the same story, if you find it, the, the, the biblical version of the same story, you'll find a lot more pages covering the same story in the Bible. Or if the same exact historical accounts, a, a, a scholar writes about them. Like for example, if a scholar writes a book about Ibrahim salam, his book is going to be a lot longer than even if all of the ayat combined about Ibrahim we are going to come out to a lot shorter. What I'm trying to say is Allah, when He tells the stories, He's very brief. And that raises some questions, why is He so brief? As a matter of fact, even the longest story in the Qur'an, The one unified story in the Quran, the story of Yusuf alayhi salam, is also in fact brief. As long as it is, it's still brief. And there are lots and lots of details that just aren't mentioned. You know, as far as locations are mentioned, only Egypt is mentioned. Where he used to live isn't even mentioned. Yusuf alayhi salam's father is mentioned, his brothers' names aren't even mentioned. His mother's not even, she doesn't even come up in the story. There's a minister. Ministers are pretty important people, you would think. We don't even know his name, not from the not from the Quran. The Qur'an doesn't emphasize His name. So Allah chooses not to give us all the details. And the reason for that is whatever He chose to make part of the Qur'an, whatever He chose to include is of the most important value. Something that is not important enough to make it into the Qur'an, does not make it into the Qur'an. So Allah Himself teaches us by telling stories in a certain way, what is important and what is not important. That is Allah's way of prioritizing. So if you get obsessed and I get obsessed about what the name of the minister was or the king was at the time of Yusuf السلام, well that is a detail Allah azza himself did not make important there are other things that are far more important if you and I start getting obsessed about what were the names of his brothers what's the oldest guy's name then what's number you know what's number 2 what's number 3 what's number 4 all the way do, all the way down to 12 what's the sequence well Allah didn't make that a big deal so we don't have to make that a big deal. Allah Himself prioritizes for us so we don't get sidetracked. Now, the story I want to share with you some things about is the story of the people of the cave. And even though the khutbah is actually not about them, it has, it's it springboards from that event and that, that narrative that Allah describes in the beginning of Surah Al-Kahf. These young people... If you want if you don't know the whole thing I'll just summarize it very briefly for you these young people decided that they're going to accept not only accept but live up to their Islam in a society that hated Islam and actually they could have stayed quiet and not told anyone that they're Muslims and they could have lived dormant lives undercover Muslims kind of thing but Allah azza wa gave them the courage of heart that they stood up and they testified إِذْ قَامُوا فَقَالُوا رَبُّنَا رَبُّ السماوات وَالْأَرْضِ فَمَا أهمية كَلِمَةْ قَامُوا Why is the word قَامُوا even mentioned? They stood up, they rose. They stood up to challenge the king and the authorities that be and said, no, we don't accept a religion of the state or whatever else, of the governance. We have our own faith. We believe in the master of the skies and the earth. They declared it openly. And this was considered an act of treason. So they were supposed to be executed for their crime. And they were sc- these young guys, these are young, young friends. So they got scared and they asked Allah for help and Allah put in their heart that they should go back into a cave, a cave that they were familiar with, but I won't tell you how they're familiar with that, that's for another time inshallah ta'ala. So they go into this cave, into hiding and Allah, you know, covers their ears, they go to sleep and they don't even realize that 309 some years have passed by and they wake up. And then the story continues that they come out, they send one of them theirs to go get some food. Obviously, he goes out to get food and he's wearing clothes from 300 years ago. Fashion might have changed just a little bit. And your, your currency might not exactly be the same. You know, if somebody spoke English from 300 years ago, you'd be like, is, is it Halloween already? What's going on, you know? He wouldn't fit in. So the guy goes to do some shopping and he's pulling out like 300 year old currency. So obviously, he gets attention. He's trying to not get attention. وَلَا يُشْعِرَنَّ بِكُمْ أَحَدًا you should, whoever goes among you should really watch his step. And don't let anybody realize that what's, up going, what's going on with you, but the guy, how's he gonna hide if he's wearing 309 year old clothes, and he's got ancient currency in his hands. Obviously, he's gonna be the center of attention. So now people find out about what's going on, and they get discovered. That's the gist of it. That's the gist of it. But then Allah decided, and I told you Allah, the, the stories in the Quran are brief. But Allah decided to dedicate a very long set of words to this discussion, and this discussion is سَيَقُولُونَ ثَلَاثَةٌ rabi'uhum كَلْبُهُمْ They say they were three. They say, or they will say rather, that they were three. And the fourth one was their dog. Their fourth was their dog. Because they had a dog that was at the mouth of the cave. That people would just see its paws and they'd run away. Okay, that Allah mentions this dog previously too. And then they're also gonna say that they were five actually, there were five guys. And the sixth one was their dog. Rajman bil And I'll tell you about Rajman bil Ghaib in a bit. Throwing stones in the dark. Literally, what that means is throwing stones in the dark. And they'll also say they were seven and the eighth one was their dog. Now, Allah says they say this and they say this and they say this. So you would think this is important. But actually, a lot of times, a lot of Muslims. Unfortunately, when they read this or study this story, they don't realize what's hap- happening here. What Allah Azza is saying. One thing we have to note in the Quran is whenever Allah Azza wa Jalla says Yaquluna, they say, they say. Study the entire Quran, look for what they say, and you'll find they say really dumb things. They say idiotic things. They say things that Allah criticizes. They say things like "yaqooluna Matahua. They say, "When is the Day of Judgment coming?" You know, they they ask or they they, they make all kinds of. Crit- شاعر, they say he's a poet. That's what they say. In other words, when people just talk, Allah quotes their stupidity sometimes in the Quran and then answers it with wisdom. He answers it with wisdom. So even the uslub, just starting with sayakuluna, should give an ishara, should give a hint to the reader. Allah is not happy with these people. They're not. He's not exactly happy with these people. Now this story has many amazing lessons. But before I go into them and appreciate, help myself and you appreciate the wisdom of these ayat, I want to give you another story on the side. This one I made up myself. Imagine that I am a business teacher. My job is to teach students how to start a business. How do you start a business? So I, and a lot of times, of course, as a good teacher, you should use stories to teach lessons. Because students remember the story, they can relate to it, they can draw lessons from it, right? Allah Himself does that in Qur'an. So I decide to tell my students a story about a guy who started a business. So this guy, first he looked at the best real estate, he wanted to open up a store. So he found out which area has the most foot traffic, so people will walk into his store. Then he got a good price, he negotiated it really well, and he got the store. Then he looked at what product is in most in demand, and he got, made sure he went to, and purchased that kind of product. Then he went and found out what are the best suppliers, so he can get the best prices for his product. Then he found out what is the best prices, reasonable prices at which he can sell to his customers. Then he learned how to deal with customers in a patient, Way and be nice to them. So when the customers come into the store, they like how he, was, he treated them, so they recommend others to his store also. And I'm telling them this story about this guy who opened his store and does all these things, so his successful business could be successful. And he benefited tremendously by following these few principles and you know, not making sure he filed his taxes properly, this and that and the other. And a student raises his hand. He just listens to the whole story, he's taking notes. He raises his hand. And he says, what color jacket does he wear to work? Another guy asks, well, what, what, how did he paint the door? How did he paint the door? And you know, what kind of cash register did he get? Did he get the, you know, the digital one or the manual one? What did he get? So these, guys, these students start asking questions. And you know what that tells you when they ask those kinds of questions? I don't think you realize the point I was making when I was telling you the story. The point of it was, you should learn to le- take these principles, and start a successful business yourself. The color of your jacket will not help you. The, the, you know, the, does he wear shoelaces, shoelaces shoes? Or does he put velcro on his shoes? What does he do? It won't help you. It's irrelevant. It's actually, it's a kind of what they say in Arabic, نوع min suil faham." You didn't understand the point. Allah Azza wa Jalla dedicated several ayat, telling us that these young people were amazing. He told that they were, they were young people. I mean, this is a college town. Young people, young guys, young guys, get together and do what? Dhikr of Allah. They get together and make dua to Allah. They get together and help each other stay away from haram things. Is that usual or unusual? The guys here sitting can tell you. When a bunch of guys get together collectively, they don't get smarter, they get dumber. They do stupid things when they get together. And these young people, they are each other's strength. They in a society filled with fitna are, are protecting each other's deen. And young people living in a society that has no values can do anything they want. They could party, they could, I mean, don't think that partying only got invented when you know, in the modern world, there's ancient forms of partying too. All the things you enjoy, and all the forms of entertainment and you know, the distraction in life you have, move up people. Someone in the back is giving me the indication to move you up. I hope I remember where I was in the khutbah. Don't remind me you're not supposed to speak in the khutbah. Just move up. Okay. So young people are gonna do bad things. Especially when they get together. But these guys are pretty amazing. They get together and they protect each other from getting assimilated into losing all of their values. And they're pretty independent also. There's no parent over them telling them, you shouldn't do this, this is haram, this isn't right. A lot of you young people, your parents tell you, don't do that, don't watch this, don't go there, it's haram, and you're like, oh god, everything's haram. These guys don't even have parents telling them what to do. They have total freedom. As a matter of fact, the entire society is free and encourages them to be rebellious against Allah. And they say, no, we're not going to. These are pretty amazing people. And then they turn and make dua to Allah. وَهَيِّئْ Lana min rashada. Brother comes up to me and says, Brother, I go to campus. and there's girls everywhere, man. I don't know what to do, bro. I got a lot of fitna. I can't help myself. You know, is there some exception for me? You know, because you can't blame me. I'm just surrounded by shaitan everywhere. So, you know, sometimes I fall, you know. It's, it's not that bad. And I say, man, these young people were surrounded by fitna too. But they learned to understand that you, yourself, I, myself, are helpless. Yes, we are helpless. We can help ourselves. But Allah is the one who provides protection. Allah is the one who protect, provides guidance. <laughs> That's the dua young people are learning to make from this amazing story. And then Allah will protect you in a way you can't even imagine. He'll take you into... He took them into a cave, and these are not prophets. These are not... This is not a miracle of prophets. These are regular Muslims. These are regular Muslim young guys. And Allah can put them to sleep for 300 years so they can stay away from fitna. Allah can do that for them. And Allah can And keep them alive. You're already learning Allah controls life and death, and Allah can save you in ways you can't even imagine. This is our iman. This is the power. When we say, اللَّهَ ala kulli shayin qadir," Allah is capable of all things. Then that's what we're saying. That Allah can do anything. He can even do that with these young people. Why can't He help me? If His help can come in such miraculous ways, not even just for prophets. These are regular Muslims. That His help can come to me, I should not ever lose hope that the help of Allah is near. And the way in which it will come, I can't even imagine. They didn't know. They woke up. And they're like, they're asking each other, hey, how long were we knocked out? Or even one guy goes, I think we were out the whole day. And the other one's like, maybe a little bit of the afternoon. And the other one says, a'lamu bima labithum. your master knows better how long you've been there. Now that's enough for my point. Some people listen to this amazing story and the only question that they raise their hand with and say, Were they three or four? Were they five or six? Were they seven or eight? هذا الرقم لا يقدم ولا يؤخر لا ولا ينفع This whether 3 or 4 or 5 or 6 or 18 or 25, how do you benefit from that? What color of the jacket? <laughs> Allah is so angry at these people that Allah gave them this amazing lesson and the only argument you find in them is this. What is wrong with you people? And then Allah in His anger also subhanahu wa ta'ala described this practice with a phrase. He says, Rajman bil ghaib. Rajman bil ghaib. This is part of what you call in the Quran at Tasweelul Fani, artistic depiction. Quran draws images so you can imagine things, so you can learn lessons. Allah says these people who talk like this, they are like people standing in the dark with a bunch of rocks in their hand and a guy's trying to hit a target and he's just kind of throwing stones in every direction. That's called Rajman bil ghaib. Okay? In, in darkness, he's just throwing stones in every direction. Now, there's something wrong with a, a guy who does that. Imagine some guy in a parking lot, he's got a bunch of rocks in his hand, no lights are on. He's got a bunch of rocks, he's just chucking them in every direction. He's got a target somewhere, he wants to hit this bottle. Obviously, he doesn't don't know where it is. Now, what is wrong with that practice? First of all, it seems like a type of insanity. Second of all, obviously, you will probably hurt someone else when you do this. You will hurt someone else when you start making wild guesses. And even if you hit your target, you won't even know. Even if you figured out it's seven, and it's not eight, and it's six, and it's not seven, or it's three, and it's not four. So what? What do you get out of that? Allah Azza wa responds Himself. Now Allah could have ended the mystery. Were they three or four? Five or six? Seven or eight? Allah Himself could have said, قُلْ سَبْعَ انتهى الْأَمْرِ He could have said they were seven, okay? Done. End of discussion. He didn't do that. He says, Qur Rabbi Qul. Tell them. Let them know. The way to continue this discussion, number one, our ma- my master knows better how much they were, how many they were. He chooses not to tell us. He chooses not to tell us. He chooses to tell us the thing you should know is Allah knows their number. That is not your business. You don't have enough lessons to learn that you got caught up in this? People do this with all the stories of the prophets. If you're one of those people, make tawbah. That you hear the stories of the prophets and you're like, hey, so Yusuf (laughs) salam, after all those years he came out of prison, did he marry that woman or what? What do you, I don't care. Quran didn't go into that question. So why do you even want to ask the question and why do you seek the answer? What will you get out of that? What will you benefit from it? There are some who ask, "What what kind of dog was it? What's the dog's name? You know, what is his, his name is Bowser or Rufus? What, I don't care. That doesn't help you. That is not the point of the story. Then people do this, and another way people do this, is not just limited to stories. There are ahkam of this deen, there are rulings, regulations, principles, guidelines, things you must do as a Muslim, things you should not do as a Muslim. There are regulations on all of us. And you should know them. You should know what you can eat, what you can't eat. You should know how to purify yourself and how you shouldn't purify yourself. You should know the kind of interaction you can have with the opposite gender and the kind of interaction you can't have. You should know your limits. But you know what people do? Some people, the only kinds of questions they ask about Islam are the questions that have nothing to do with their life. They, have no, they, they will not benefit from the answer, but it's a question about Islam, no doubt about it. Hey, so what if you live on the North Pole, how do you make five prayers because the sun's up for six months? How do you pray? Do you live on the North Pole? Are you moving? Did you get a job at the North Pole? Have you already rented one of those, you know, icicle things? Is that set? You should ask that question when it's relevant to you. Why are you asking now? How does it help you? See, Fuqaha can ask those questions because they have to answer all kinds of people. But you and me as an average Muslim, we have to ask the questions that benefit us. If they don't benefit us, then don't ask the question. This is kathratu su'al, and this is taking you away from the, what the religion really is. In the few minutes I have left with you, I want to share some more lessons from these ayat because the the lesson Allah has to teach is not done. But one other thing that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi told us: Ad-Dinu an nasiha. He summarized the entire religion. You know, the Prophet says that he was given jawami al-kalim, utit jawami al-kalim. He was given the, the most comprehensive words, few words that capture everything. You can have hundreds and thousands of books on Islam, and then you can have two words and it says everything. الدين النصيحة That's the Rasul's words wasallam. Religion is sincere counsel. The entire religion, all it amounts to is, ultimately sincere counsel. What does that mean? That everything in our religion that I learn, and everything in my religion that I try to teach, should have the benefit of helping someone, counseling someone. Either it makes them stronger in their faith, or it betters their practice. That's it. There are only two things. Either it makes your iman stronger, or it makes your amal stronger. And that's it. That's nasiha. If you are curious about something, and it neither benefits your iman, and it, nor does it benefit your amal, then you're outside of a Nasiha. nasihah. Then you are interested in questions that are related with the deen, but they have no nasiha in them. You see what the Prophet did with these words, sallallahu wasallam. is he caged our curiosity to that which is beneficial. Because people have curiosities of all kinds of things. In Islam and outside of Islam, and many of them are not beneficial. So our curiosity, you're right, you have a right to be curious, but be curious about things that will help you. Not just useless things, just random things that you're curious about. So now let's come back to this story. Allah Azza wa Jalla says, "Qur' Rabbi My Master knows better what their number is, which basically means you be quiet. Don't even ask that question. Who are you to say there are three or four or five? Hina makal Subhanahu wa Taala. man ana alam. If Allah has already said, "I know, I know better," who's gonna come out and say, "Actually, I think I know how many there were"? <laughs> it's done. That discussion is over. قُلْ رَبِّ أَعْلَمُ بِعِدَّتِهِمْ Then he doesn't say, this is the diqqatul isti'amal for the Quran, right? So he doesn't say مَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ مَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ لم يَقُلْ He said مَا يَعْلَمُهُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ You see, when he, if he said yeah, مَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ the ayah would have meant nobody knows their number except a few. Nobody knows the number except a few but in the ayah, Allah does not say, He's not even talking about the number anymore. He says, nobody knows the reality of them, except a few. No, nobody pays attention to what I really told you the story for, except a few. Most people get caught up in these things. Most people get caught up in distractions. And they'll forget the point for which I'm telling you the story, for, for which Allah is teaching. مَا يَعْلَمُهُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ these, the, these young people of the cave, I can't even imagine how many, I can't remember how many different khutbahs I've given, different topics, on just the people of the cave. On just them. Because they are such an inspiration in the Qur'an. Especially for young people living in times of fitna. They are such an inspiration. And Allah says, most people don't realize what they really are. Except very few. Most people, don't, you just think it's just a story. It's not. A, it's guidance from Allah. Allah decided to make these, crystallize these people's lives in history, through his book, because people until the Day of Judgment will get advice from these young people. These young men will be role models for other young men until the Day of Judgment, because Allah made them part of His book. مَا يَعْلَمُهُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ Then He says, فَلَا تُمَارِي فِيهِمْ يعني لَا تُجَادِلْ فِيهِمْ The word, mira yumari this This word in the Arabic language actually comes from مَرْوُن مَرْوُن means a hot rock. A rock that is hot on the inside, like burning on the inside, you can't see the fire of it until you touch it. But also, مر, from, from it, mara. they say marashata. يعني استخرج that he, if, if somebody has, Lisan al-Arab mentions this, when you, when you milk a goat, that's called mara also. Mara مر, or also, wa the, the, the word مِرْيَة means actually argumentation and doubt. Now لا تُمَارِي means don't engage in an argument about them don't use evidences against each other about them. Don't pull out interesting facts like milking a goat. Don't pull out interesting facts about them. Just to have curious conversation for no purpose. Illa mira'an zahiran. Except you should have an engaging conversation about them and pull evidences from what, what Allah told you about them in what is obvious. Mira'an zahiran. يعني ما, مِن مَا هُوَ الظَّاهِر مِن كِتَابِ اللَّهِ Whatever you needed to know about the people of the cave, whatever advice you could have gotten from these people, Allah put it in the Qur'an. That is zahir. That He made obvious. Whatever could not have helped you, He made ghaib. He didn't tell you. That is the way Allah teaches. إِلَّا مِرَاءً ظَاهِرًا Now this is not, we are not the people who knew about the people of the cave first. This is the last part of my khutbah I want to share with you, but probably the most important part. It is narrated that some Jews came to the Prophet ﷺ and some other you know, narrations, Christians even, came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Who are the people of the cave? Manas habul Kahf. Who are these people of the cave? If you're really a Prophet, you would know. So Allah revealed to him, You know, Am Hasibda, Anna Ashabul Kahfi wa Kanu min ayatina ajaban. The ayat began about the people of the cave. In other words, we're not the only ones who have been educated about their story. The people of the book also knew about them. Yes? And obviously I told you, Allah speaks to us briefly. But if you look at the books of the Christians and the Jews, there are extensive amounts of detail. Extensive amounts of detail. So probably the same story is gonna be five times as long. So they would have a lot more information that we do. What did Allah tell us? فَلَا فِيهِم إِلَّا مِرَاءً ظَاهِرًا don't go seeking more information or verdicts about these young people from any of them. What is Allah telling us? They may know that there were some people in a cave, but they have no guidance from that story. The guidance is in Quran. You will get nothing from the people of the book in, from this story that you don't already have in Allah's book. There is no reason to go to them and even ask the question. This is a very important teaching of our book. We have something in common with the people of the book. They know about Nuh salam, We know about Nuh salam. They know about Ibrahim alayhi salam, We know about Ibrahim a.s. They know about Adam a.s. We know about Adam alayhi salam. But what we know gives guidance. And what they know they have corrupted. They've corrupted it. So it's, I'm telling you, if you read what they say about Ibrahim alayhi salam, you will think it's talking about another person. Not the Ibrahim a.s. that Allah told you about in Qur'an and that the Prophet told you about in his sunnah. It's a different person. You can't even compare. Like, are you, is this the same Abraham? Is this this is what you say about him? Allah Azza says there is no reason to go to them for fatwa. لا تستفتيهم منهم أحداً on these things because whatever lessons you had to learn from these great figures of history, Allah Azza perfected those lessons, perfected them, so they are permanently relevant until the day of judgment in the Quran. This is the superiority of Quran. They may have. Original knowledge of the story, but the perfect knowledge of the story, and the most beneficial knowledge of the story, the story that will have nasiha for you and me and for all of mankind, that is going to be Allah's book. Wala تَسْتَفْتِ fihim minhum Subhanallah. This is the, the point of my khutbah today was an attitude. We're supposed to bring an attitude to Allah's book, to the stories of the prophets, to everything we learn in Islam. We're not just learning it to full of curiosity. We're learning it so it makes us better in something. It strengthens our iman, it builds our understanding, it makes us better practicing. In some way, it made us a better Muslim. It strengthened our heart or it strengthened our action. May Allah Azza wa Jal make us a people who internalize ad-Dinul Nasiha. May Allah Azza wa Jal help us learn the teachings of the Quran in a way that better our faith and better our practice. May Allah Azza wa Jal help instill a love for this book and the Sunnah of His Messenger into our own hearts and into the hearts of our families. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Quran al-Hakim wa nafa'ni wa ieyakum bil ayat wa dhikr hakim الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصاً على أفضلهم وخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين يقول الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعدنا قول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا